have found the Card Man Podcast. If you're interested in collecting and investing in sports cards, then you're in the right place. What are some of the benefits of beginning to invest in cards? What are some of the common pitfalls that you're likely to encounter when you first get started? These are the questions I'm going to be examining today on the Cardman podcast. So if you're new to collecting, this is the episode for you. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Matt. You can find me on the IG, that's Instagram for all of you that don't know the, the current hip lingo, at SoxCardMan. That's S-O-X, Cardman. And I do have a YouTube channel under that same name. I haven't updated it in a couple months. Maybe I should do that sometime soon, but I haven't yet. I'll keep you posted here, um, and hopefully that can be a good resource for us in the future. All right, intros are done. Let's dive in. What are the benefits of collecting sports cards as an investment? First, it's fun. If you're a sports fan, odds are that you already started collecting cards at some point in the past. Maybe you're even just getting into it now. It's exciting to see your favorite player's face on a card as you open up that pack. It's even more exciting to come across a rare card of your favorite athlete. Those cards are usually worth a little bit more. Sports card collecting is a lot more fun than tracking the best mutual funds or stocks uh, on your stock ticker on your phone. Uh, Card collecting is really easy to start. You don't need any sort of minimum investment. You probably already have a minimum investment in place. Um, If not, you can go to the store and buy a pack if you can find the packs now um, for four or five bucks. You probably already have some sort of collection up and running. Maybe you have a couple boxes up in your mom's attic from when you're a kid. Maybe you have a PSA 10 Ken Griffey Jr. that you you bought a few years ago to put on display at your office. If you're reading this, listening to this, more than likely I'm reading, you're listening. If you're listening to this, more than likely you already have a jump start on some sort of collection. That's not to say that the cards that you own are worth a ton of money. If you're like me and you collected in the 80s and early 90s, uh, your cards probably weren't all that much, but no card is worth nothing. And if you were collecting complete sets, there's a good chance that there's some gems in there. Cards also provide diversification. If you've spent any time investing your money in the past, you probably have been told that you should diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Cards allow you another way to do this. You won't have all of your money in the stock market. You won't have all of your money in a bond. Some of your cards will be in stocks, sure. Some of your cards will be in your 401k, sure. Some of your money will be in stocks. Some of your money will be in your 401k. Some of it will be in sports cards. All right, but there are some common pitfalls to collecting cards, especially When you first get started, you might not be aware of these. Hopefully, by being aware of this, you can get an edge over others that are kind of in your your same shoes. Cards can be volatile. Like any marketplace, the demand for cards, it can go up and down. It can waver. A card that's worth $1,000 today could easily be worth $100 next year, and vice versa. A $100 card today could be worth $1,000 next year. A card that's not worth much today might be highly sought after in a few years. Now, there's always exceptions to this, right? Um, a, a random player who has no following today has hit 75 home runs next year. They could be, their rookie cards could be, could skyrocket. 
it's hard to tell. That volatility can be good, it can be bad. Uh, another thing is cards are not always liquid. I mean, we see in the news about these big auctions of cards selling for, I think I think I saw that the, the Honus Wagner uh, T206 uh, as a PSA 8 sold for $3.7 million last week. That's crazy, but you're not going to be able to move something like that very fast. Not that there's not demand, but no one can afford $3.7 million for one card. Um, so that liquidity can make your moving your collection um, and capitalizing on the investment that you have a little bit harder. If you want to sell a $3,000 card, for example, it might take you quite a bit longer to find an interested buyer than it could be to find a, a hot $10 card. And you might not always get the price that you think you should for the card, too. If you want to move that $3,000 card quickly, you might need to drop the price down. It all depends on what your goals are. That liquidity, we don't really run into problems with that in the stock market, but it can be more of an issue for cards. If you're going to sell, which I do recommend that you do, um, it's hard to grow your collection if you're always buying all the time and not, not selling. Um, if you want to sell, sometimes you have to be patient because it doesn't have the same liquidity that other markets do. Your cards can also be damaged. If you put your money in the bank and your bank burns down, your money's still there, right? But if you put your cards in your house and your cards burn down, well, your cards are gone unless you have them insured. Um, so there are ways to mitigate this risk, but it's it's expensive. Uh, so it, it, that often means an extra cost on your part, and sometimes that's not realistic for us. Um, one one final thing, I just wanted to go into a, a conversation that I had with someone a few weeks ago. They were a beginning investor, and they were asking me how they should proceed. They had a fairly big collection of low-end cards, nothing really above $50 per card, and they wanted to know if it was best to have this large collection with a lot of low-end cards or to have a few more expensive cards. So should they have 10 $100 cards, or should they have $101 cards? I think that math adds up. Um is it worthwhile to have just a few really expensive cards or is it worthwhile to have a lot of cheaper cards? The answer here, of course, is diversification, right? Um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. The best way to proceed with a collection is somewhere in the middle. You want a few high-end cards and you want a few low-end cards, probably more low-end cards, right? You wouldn't buy all large cap stocks for your portfolio. You wouldn't buy all small cap stocks. You're going to buy some large cap, some mid cap, some small cap, some cash funds, some, you know what, you're going to, you're going to buy a little bit of everything. And that's how you should approach it with cards too, especially if you want your collections value to grow over time. All right. That is all the time that we have today. Thanks for listening. This is Matt with the Cardman podcast, and I'm reminding you today to be good to your neighbor and be good to yourself. Bye.